Welcome to the Gideon's Church Speaker Program, where our mission is to help develop more and better speakers. Whether you've been speaking for decades or just thinking about getting qualified, you will find valuable tips, lessons, and inspiration here. This is Sean Graver from the Tacoma Northwest Camp in Tacoma, Washington, and now here is this week's episode. Our guest today and his wife have been members of the Gideon's International since 1982, and in the last 35 years, they have made quite an impact. From serving as camp member to state association president and so many roles in between, this farm boy from North Dakota had to overcome some serious obstacles to reach so many people and become the leader that he is today. It's my privilege to be speaking with Bob Ruder from the King County Northeast Camp. Hello, Bob. Hey, how are you doing, Sean? Oh, fantastic. It's great talking with you today. And I tell you, right out uh, the gate, I just got to ask you, would you tell us about the obstacle that nearly held you back from becoming a public speaker? Well, it was, it's a thing called stuttering. Uh, it was something that I was afflicted with uh, all during my life. I remember back in grade school and high school, I, you know, one of my big goals was just to be able to stand in front of a class and give a book report. But Due to my stuttering, uh, it, you know, it held me back. So that was probably the greatest obstacle that I had to overcome. And it was kind of like Peter getting out of the boat with Jesus. Uh, once I got out of the boat and kept my eyes on him, he just took the stuttering completely away. But in that very beginning, when you made that decision, after having, I'm sure, many negative experiences growing up then as a kid... When you had that first opportunity to speak as a Gideon member, you know, how did you find that courage? What, what, can you kind of take us to that moment of what that was like that first time? Well, you know, I, I used to hear the church speakers, and I said, that is something that I want to do. But, of course, being a stutterer, I mean, I, when I first joined the Gideons, I joined in the Seattle Southwest camp. And, you know, they were willing to, you know, to go out on the limb, but they weren't quite willing to put me in a church service. So they said, Bob, we'll tell you what, you know, why don't we send you down to the Union Gospel Mission, you and Ralph Hunzinger, and, uh, you know, you can maybe give a message down there. That way, if you, you know, do if you happen to do a little stuttering, you know, they're not going to pay a whole lot of attention to you. And as I stood behind that pulpit at the Union Gospel Mission, I mean, it just flowed. I didn't stutter once. Now, I'd probably stutter before I went up on the platform and maybe after I came off. But while I was giving that message, there was absolutely no stuttering. And after several, um, you know, trips to the Union Gospel Mission and the Bread of Life Mission and a few others, you know, then they said, well, let's take you, let, we're going to have you do a church service. And there, too, as I stood behind the pulpit, I never stuttered. A lot of times I would introduce myself to the pastor, and I would kind of have a stuttering problem, and I can imagine what the pastor thought. Man, what did we get ourselves into today? But as long as I stood behind that pulpit, there was no stuttering. And after doing many, many, many church services, the Lord just slowly took that stuttering away. And today... Oh, I'll catch a word every once in a while that I can't say, but the majority of the time I have no problem at all. But the funny thing, Sean, you know, I think I think the Lord has a sense of humor because the two letters I really had a problem with were my B's and my R's. 
And guess what my name is? <laughs> Bob Ruder. So a lot of times, every, I still will catch it every once in a while. I'll be at an insurance meeting or something, and you have to go around and, you know, and, and say your name. And so when I say it, I found out a long time ago, you'll find there, there are different things that stutterers do to overcome their problem. So I found that if I really burst that, 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 those letters out, so I'll come out, Bob Ruder, you know, and I think a lot of people say, man, he's proud of his name. But that, that kind of gets me past that. So I probably told you a little bit more than what you wanted to hear. No, I'd love to hear more. Actually, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you something more about this because yeah. I, I've, I've got a, a pretty good suspicion that uh, some some of our brothers in this ministry face challenges that are similar. It it may be stuttering. It it might be anxiety. It, it could even be panic attacks when even getting close to having to go speak in front of others. Uh, I, I've heard stories of people even physically have like falling down even as they approach because they just their knees went out from under them. These are serious problems that hold us back. Yep. And, but you now have spoken at more than 500 events, and, and which is phenomenal, you know, to overcome that and to not only overcome it, but to then come out the other side so powerfully. But for our brothers that might be facing challenges like that, what advice would you give them? How, how, how would you suggest that they start to get, get, to get over that? Well, I found one one of the big things was being prepared. Uh, you know, a lot of times we'll have the panic of, you know, we go up there and, and you know, am I going to remember, am I going to remember the stories, you know, and, and we'll have all these notes, you know, and I think when, when you've got too many things that you have to kind of pay attention of what you're going to do, that that in itself is going to bring on the panic and the fear. So the one thing that I did, I started out, and I, I memorized. Now, the one thing that I always had was the knack of telling stories. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. before I got saved, a lot of those stories you could never tell be, <laughs> behind a pulpit. But I could remember stories, you know. So I started out, I memorized three or four testimonies. And so when I would get up, uh, you know, in front of the congregation, I'd start out with, you know, the history of the Gideons, which would be about a minute, and then I'd give a couple of scriptures, which I had memorized, and then I would go into those testimonies, and I would just have written on the card just a couple a couple of words that would kind of key what that testimony was going to be. And so I learned, you know, if I went up there prepared, that that in itself gives you confidence. You know, so that was some of my keys. And like right now, I mean, I, I could probably at the drop of a hat give you 35 or 40 different testimonies that I've got, you know, totally memorized. And so a lot of times I'll have maybe 10 or 15 key things written down on that card. And as I'm up there, the Lord will kind of give me a tendency to which ones, you know, that I should use. And uh, I think that in itself builds a lot of confidence. Yeah, I imagine so. I think that that's great advice. If if you have that uh, that story, that be able to tell that con- or have that conversation, uh, you can you can focus on that. You can let that flow, and that's going to come naturally, as opposed to trying to come out and just start talking about numbers, facts, or remembering those those details that sometimes right. don't always stay organized in our head. Yeah. Now you've also spoken 
in some uh, different environments, such as uh, non-English-speaking countries. You've spoken in, in France and, and Holland, Bulgaria. Can you tell us a little bit about those experiences? Well, a lot of times in some of those churches, matter of fact, I, I remember the one in uh, Utrecht, Holland, where we, we, matter of fact, we were on television. I had an interpreter. And a lot of times, yeah, that'll, that'll have a tendency to throw you off, especially, you know, if you're giving a memorized, a memorized uh, testimony, you know, and you have to stop three or four times, you know, during that testimony to let the interpreter, you know, catch up. You know, that was probably one of the biggest obstacles. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's very interesting. Matter of fact, I did, I did one down here in the Chinese church, uh, downtown uh, Seattle, and it was not only a bilingual church, it was a trilingual church. Mm. So we had to go from English to Mandarin, and then into a third Chinese language. That was probably one of the, <laughs> the biggest obstacles I ever, ever had, you know, was trying to, you know, catch up with that testimony where my interpreter was. But uh, there again, I mean, the Lord, you know, the Lord will give you strength. I've I found that. Yes, and I, I definitely recommend that for any new speaker that they uh, not try to do one with interpreters uh, when you're when you're real new. No, <laughs> it, no. It it takes a it's uh, it's challenging to any speaker, no matter how long they've been doing it, because of, yeah, of that flow. I have not been through a three language translation, but been through just a single like that, and uh, boy, it it really tests your skills. Yeah, and, and in a case like that too, I'll sometimes, if I know it's going to be, you know, interpreted, I'll I'll make sure that I've got my entire thing written out, you know, and then I'll give the interpreter the exact thing that I've got, you know, so he's got my my entire presentation, you know, so he knows where I'm at, you know, and I know where he's at, so uh, you know, in a case like that, I will have it written out so that I can kind of follow through with it. Oh, that's a great idea. Well, when you're when you're heading to a church presentation now today, what does your preparation process look like? Well, you know, I'm I'm praying to the Lord that he will be, you know, I'm just the one standing there. He's the one that's going to be giving me the words. You know, the one great thing, you know, cuz I know my my wife, she says, "Well, where are your notes? And I mean, I'll have a single sheet of paper with things scribbled, you know, scribbled all over it. I know what it all means because sometimes, you know, again, depending on who's in that congregation, you know, what the makeup is, you know, I will sometimes, I won't know what testimonies I'm going to give until I'm actually standing up there. For example, I've got a couple uh, Japanese uh, testimonies. If I see a few Japanese people in that audience, that'll key me in to give that Japanese testimony. A lot of times, you know, again, I feel it's so important that you've got them memorized, you know, and you can kind of pick and choose what you're going to give once you're up there. Now, that might scare a lot of people, but, uh, you know, there again, after you've given several church presentations, it'll start coming to you more natural. And I still get nervous, and I still get nervous, Sean. And I always remember what Sammy Davis Jr. said. I'm afraid when I get in front of an audience and I'm not nervous. 
because when you're nervous, you've got to turn that that what's going to happen over to a higher power, and we know who our higher power is. We do indeed. I really like that whole concept of, of, of choosing your testimonies at the last minute because for, for a single reason, it really requires that you read them and that you learn the stories and that yeah. you have those connections. I think about just a, a dinner conversation oftentimes. You know, you're with another couple and you're talking and we share stories, you know, all throughout the entire evening. And they just come naturally to us because they're stories that we either know or we've or experienced ourselves. If we put that type of attention to the testimonies that are published all the time in the connection and through other sources, imagine the ability you'll have to share not only how God's working, but just how this Gideon's ministry reaches people, not just in front of a church, but in front of your family, in front of your right. friends, coworkers. Knowing those stories is just the essential key. And also, I mean, if you're trying to bring a new member into the ministry, if you can sit there and, and share with them several testimonies, and you're not taking them out of a book or off a piece of paper, you're just telling those testimonies to them. I mean, it's just amazing what, it, what effect that has on that possible Gideon. That's a side benefit that I hadn't thought of either. That really is powerful. So when you go up to the podium, when you're about ready to start, what's the first words out of your mouth? How do you start your presentation? Isaiah 55:11. You know, they say an attention getter. Well, to me, there's no better attention getter than the Word of God. And I just start out Isaiah 55:11, so shall my word be that goeth forth from my mouth it shall not return unto me void but it shall accomplish that which I please whereunto I send it. You know, and I start it all from right there. And then after I give that uh, scripture, then I'll go into a real short, uh, you know, testimony. Uh, and then I'll give them, uh, you know, some statistics, you know, which will take about 30 to 45 seconds. You know, and that's kind of the flow. Because the one thing I learned a long time ago, Matter of fact, this happened when I was down at Wenatchee. I was given a pastor's banquet. Uh, it, it was the Saturday night before. And, and then the pastor, I had the church service at this one church, and the pastor, he says, I want you to come to the church tomorrow, and I want you to give the same presentation that you gave tonight. I said, Pastor, that was a 40-minute presentation I just gave tonight. He <laughs> says, that's what I want. So the next morning, we meet in his office, we have prayer, and on our way down the aisle, he said, you know, he says, I just realized that I'm finishing up a series that I've been giving. And he says, if you do that message, I'm not going to be able to finish up my series. And a lot of people have come just to hear that last part, you know, part of my message. He says, so instead of the 40 minutes, he says, do you think you could drop it down to seven? Now, let me tell you, if you're not prepared, you're in trouble. Because we, we just went from a full-blown <laughs> service down to seven minutes. When we got halfway down the aisle, he thought again. He said, well, no, I, he said, I want you. I want to hear some, some of those things you said last night. Go ahead and take between 12 and 15. So now we just went from 40 to 7 to 15. <laughs> 
as we're walking up the steps to the altar, I guess, you know, the pulpit, he says, the last thing he said was, I'll give that sermon next week. Take it, take the 40 minutes. <laughs> now, let me tell you, Sean, if you're not prepared, you talk about an anxiety attack <laughs> from 7 to 10 to 15. Of, I mean, he was all over the board. But we had a 40-minute message, and I did that with one piece of paper. Because, again, I look, I look at a Gideon message as, as a, a locomotive and a caboose. And depending on how much of the load I want to carry is going to depend how many cars I put between that caboose and the engine. If I got a seven-minute message, I'm going to have three cars between the caboose and the engine, which are testimonies. If it's a 40-minute message, well, there's going to be quite a few cars in there. But but again, if you've got you know if you got ten or fifteen keywords down for those testimonies, it doesn't matter if they want three, five, seven, forty. Hey, it's no problem. So again, that comes with having given quite a few different messages. Well, let's talk about the caboose a little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So tell how do you wrap this thing up? How do you, how do you make your call to action? Well, basically, the last thing that I say, you know, the Gideons International is uh, is made up of volunteers. And today we're going to stand in the back with an open Bible. You know, and the one thing I want to guarantee you is that every penny that you give into this ministry is going to go for its intended purpose. You know, I learned in a, in, in a new member plan about 15 years ago as I sat there and gave the presentation. At the end of the presentation, an IRS agent came up to me and said, you know, you said that, that this was a fully funded uh, ministry. He said, I don't know of any fully funded ministries in the United States where every penny goes for its intended purpose. And about a year later, I met that same agent, and, and he says, I looked it up, and the Gideons is one is practically the only one that all money given to it goes for the purchase of Bibles and the placement thereof. And and I kind of give people that snapshot so that they know that every penny is going to go for buying Bibles and the placement thereof. And then the last thing that I close with is Luke 10.2. You know, the fields are white on the harvest, but the laborers are few. You know, at the end of October, 92 million scriptures were ordered, which we couldn't fill the orders. And that tells me there's 92 million hands that are outstretched, and we can't put a Bible in those hands. You know, we not only need the funds, we need people that are going to do the placing of those scriptures. If the Lord's laid upon your heart that you should be part of this ministry, please see me at the end of the service. You'll be amazing how many people will come up to you, you know, and want to know more about, you know, how maybe they could get uh, as part of this ministry. So that's kind of how I close, you know, is to tell them where their money's going to go and that we need more people to, you know, to do the doing. Bob, what do you think we can do at the camp level to prepare our speakers better? Again, uh, what what I used to do, uh, and of course this was like 30-some years ago, almost 40 years ago, but I had a video camera, and I used to give the message in front of that video camera because we all have little things that we do that we don't recognize that we're doing them, 
But when you're doing it in front of a camera, you can kind of pick up those different things. Also, I had a good, I had a brother, I gave a presentation at a state convention. And this dear brother came up to me and he says, I want to share something with you. He says, do you know that during your 16-minute presentation, he knew exactly how much time I took. He says, during your 16-minute presentation, he says, you had 32 ands and 41 buts. I said, you're joking. I said, did you hear anything else that I said? Well, he says, I didn't do it to criticize you. He says, I just did it to help you. Now, if you play back what we just you know, this message or talk that we've just had, if you find five ands or buts, I would be surprised. That brother did me the biggest favor anybody has ever ever done. He pointed out a fallacy or something that I was doing that I never recognized. And there's nothing more annoying that when somebody is going through a presentation and every fifth word is an and or a but. Have you ever found that? Absolutely. I, I find myself guilty of it all the time. Oh, uh, yeah. It's hard to police yourself on it, but you're right. Oh, it takes oh. somebody pointing it out. That's right. And most people won't do it because nope. they don't want to hurt your feelings. That's right. But he did me the biggest favor he ever did. And a video camera will not lie. A video camera the same way. But, you know, it was funny when I did it in front of the video camera. You know, matter of fact, I played back an old one that I had. And sure enough, there were the ands, there were the buts, but I didn't notice them until mm. somebody else pointed them out to me. Interesting, yeah. And, and a very interesting thing, I listened to Obama once, and Obama was a great speaker. Well, yes. you took him off the teleprompter, and he had more ands and buts than you could shake a stick at. Yes, that was, it was always <laughs> clear when he was not. That's true. That's right. Yep, yep, that's right. And, well, Bob, this has been just a terrific conversation. I've really enjoyed it, and I've learned a lot. I know others will, too, and I, and I know there's a lot of uh, inspiration people will get from it as well. Is there any other uh, piece of advice you would like to, to give to, to our brothers before we wrap up? Well, the one thing, as you know, I'm the Pacific Northwest Membership Chairman, and, of course, we're going through a, a membership crisis. And the one thing that I would suggest to all uh, speakers is that when you get to that church service— Get there a half hour to 45 minutes early. And as people are coming in, meet them. Introduce yourself. Find out, you know, their name. Are they a member of the church? What type of work do you do? You know, and if somebody comes in and says, well, I've been, you know, here at this church for 12 years and I'm a member. Matter of fact, I'm on the board of deacons. I'm a uh, local engineer. Well, guess what? You know he's a member in good standing. You know he's a member of the church. You know he qualifies occupationally. Huh, guess what? He might be a Gideon. He might be a good Gideon candidate. You know, and then during that service, kind of look to find out where they are in that service. And if they're sitting out there with their arms folded or maybe dozing off, well, you might not have much of a candidate. But if they're setting out there riveted on every word you're saying, make sure you catch that person before he leaves the service and hand him a Gideon application along with the brochure, you know, of why he should be a Gideon. If every Gideon that did that at a, at a church service, we would not have a membership problem. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. That's great advice. Well, thank you, Bob. Again, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. 
thanks for listening to the Gideon's Church Speaker Program. We hope you found it informative and inspirational. If you or someone you know would be a great guest on an upcoming episode, send me an email at sean.graver at gmail.com. That's S-E-A-N dot G-R-A-V-E-R at gmail.com or visit our website at www.tgispeaker.com and use the password TGI for access. Proverbs 9.9 says, Instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. See you next time.